Thank you. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, a return to DraftKings Golf Mayakoba Golf Classic Picks in preview. We have a cut event again, people. This is fantastic news. I was getting really sick of the no-cut events through the Asian swing. Also, we do not get a return to shot link data for the OHL. Only one tournament left with shot link data, and that is round two or one, depending on which course they play at Seaside next week at the RSM. Two legitimate tournaments left in the fantasy golf season before we call it quits for the year and then re-up again at the Tournament of Champions, but never a terrible time to become a member at fantasynational.com. You get cut back in your life. You want to use some comp courses. Uh, I've already put it out on my Twitter, the Sony Open. Probably a good comp course for El Camillian this week in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. But uh, become a member right now at Fantasy National. Get yourself acclimated with the system. Get yourself ready for the year. The simulator off to a hot start for the 2020 PGA season. Hopefully we can keep that going this week. And to break this all down with me is Rick Gaiman. What's going on, my man? Hey, Pat. Yeah, good to uh, good to get back with you. It's been a couple weeks for us, I think. Yes, uh, I mean, normally when you are in your new location, currently being held hostage, you have to pull <laughs> up today's newspaper to really right. reinforce the fact that this is the time that we're talking. Yeah, this is uh, this is the new office, which has nothing on. I look like I'm going to read a hostage statement, like "Do not play Matt Kuchar under any circumstances." Like, yeah, it's. Uh, I promise you, it'll look a lot nicer next time we talk. I this is, your video looks crystal clear, so I'm all on board with this. <laughs> yeah, the, at my undisclosed location, we've got pretty fast internet. So the move went well, I'm guessing then. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's uh, always crazy. You know, there's a million things that come up and have to be done, but we are officially in the new place. I've got the dedicated office. Should sound a lot better. Uh, everything is coming along nicely. Yeah. Well, we're in a good situation here. The last time I did a golf show was two weeks ago with Ben Raza, and we did not have DraftKings pricing because it had not been released as of the filming of the show. Fortunately, DraftKings threw us a bone here, and it got released eight minutes before we went on air, Rick. This is big news. Yeah, we are scrambling and scrolling through, but at least we have uh, reference points. And this is the legit first look because I'm seeing the prices for the first time with you here. All right. So if you want to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks, here's what you do. You smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. And as many of you know, I like to release a ton of content around Christmas time when everyone else is just buggering off on their holidays. So Christmas time golf related shows. I mean, I have a few in the works right now, but if anyone has some pretty good ideas, then maybe I will steal said ideas and use them for some content that you can absorb over the holiday season to fill your golf quota. Golf is a good one to do because it's in a dead period. Nothing's really going to change. So we can film it in advance and have it ready for you to go then. Rick, I shot you uh, my idea for a potentially two part show. Uh, are, Are you in on that? Do you think we can do that one? big big time in i think it'll be something that'll uh we can talk about for a while and yeah it's it's the perfect thing to kind of go over i think what you mentioned pat it's like the downtime i'm feeding a little bit for golf and you've got some great ideas i'm sure we'll make them come to life all right so yeah if you want to get in the draw for 20 dk bucks give me your show idea DraftKings handle boom you're in the draw 
for 20 DK bucks, as you will be if you subscribe and download the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, something nice about the show, and you too will be in the draw for 20 DK bucks. Before we get into the Maya Cove, let's talk President's Cup for a second, just because that's fun. That's that's somewhat topical, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I made a bet with Feinberg on the spread pick show that Spieth would be picked to this team. Not that I thought he should be, but I thought that he would be. But alas... He was not picked to the team. So I lose my $50, but I'm kind of happy for the U.S. team that they did not take Jordan Spieth. Instead, they took Woodland, they took Reed, they took Finau, and they took, well, Tiger took himself after he won in Japan. Makes a lot of sense, and I'm pretty sure NBC is pretty glad that Tiger took himself for this contest. I'm sure he was getting some, like, pushback, being like, you should take Spieth or Phil if you're not going to take yourself. But now he had the chance to take himself, so it all worked out. Do you think anyone was, like, snubbed from this team? No, I mean, the U.S. team is its so deep as it is, right? I mean, you could have made a case between Fowler or Finau, and depending on Brooks's health, you might end up getting Fowler anyway. It's really hard to say that anyone was snubbed when you go and look at how good and deep this team is. Uh, I was kind of fully expecting Tiger to screw it up as well, Pat. Um, very surprised to see him go get Finau, which I thought was the right move. Uh, but yeah, I thought he i thought he could have maybe thrown a bone to – Spieth was my biggest concern. I thought Phil was – smaller chance because he's played so bad and everyone's known it but i was fully expecting tiger to screw it up but doesn't seem like he did would you have leaned young on one of these picks because it's the president's cup not the Ryder cup you want to get some of the up-and-coming waves some experience going through so maybe you can beat the arrows the next time around like i i thought between morikawa and wolf one of those two guys probably should have had the fina spot yeah, like I, I, I think they should, but I understand why they don't, right? I mean, Tiger doesn't want to look like the dummy. If they happen to go out and lose this thing and he like, quote unquote, burned a spot on one of these young guys to get him experience, I think that makes him look like a fool. Um, you know, if, if the captains didn't change constantly or it was just kind of a more neutral uh, standard at the top, they could take some of these young guys, get them that uh, type of experience. It only helps with the Ryder Cup as well. I would like to see it. I understand why it doesn't happen. Um, and then Tiger, of course, picking himself. And actually, this year he only has to play one match before the Sunday, um, the Sunday singles, which in past years he would have had to play two. So Tiger could just play this whole like, hey, I'm just going to go be the the playing captain. I'll suit myself up once or twice in sessions. They probably don't need me, and then I'll play on Sunday in the singles. Uh, the international team picked Jason Day, Adam Hadwin, Sung Jay, and Joaquin Neiman. I think three of those are pretty locked in. I was stunned to see Adam Hadwin on this list, especially when you had Corey Connors sitting right there, who I think sets up a lot better for Royal Melbourne than Adam Hadwin. Adam Hadwin, like, it's funny because Ernie L's commenting is like, oh, I went with recent form and putting stats. As like the word, like, like, oh my God, Ernie, you, do, you don't play DFS, do you, bud? Like, uh, yeah, I, I think he got the wrong Canadian, right? I, I was on board with Corey Connors, but then the more I thought about it, you can kind of justify Hadwin because of some of the makeup of the other guys on this on this international team. Hideki Matsuyama, who obviously notoriously tee to green can't putt. Adwin, Hadwin might be a guy that you can plug in with some of these guys who are all very similar. Tee to green can't putt. Uh, you put Hadwin on that team, and we've seen a lot of times in match play, first guy in the cup uh, is a big advantage, and he might be able to be that guy. I think just in a vacuum, Corey Connors is way better. I can almost justify Hadwin 
in this type of setup, but I wouldn't have done it. Well, it's funny. Like Hadwin has gained a bunch putting, uh, at least through the late part of last season into the swing season. Not really sure what he did at the WGC or the Zozo when he finished outside the top 40 in both of those events against like real fields because there are no stats from him. But he was not having a good putting year whatsoever. Like what if it's just a week where he doesn't have a good putting week and then his tee to green is also not great where at least generally speaking with ball striking, you can kind of count on ball striking to remain relatively consistent. Like where's Ernie Els in the head to head lobby on DraftKings? That's what I want to know. Yes. Send me your, uh, send me your matchups, Ernie. It, it, It was interesting. I mean, it's one of these situations where I think I think Hadwin uh, can make you look foolish. He can make you look great. I love Joaquin Neiman. I, I thought like when you've lost or have not won the President's Cup in like nine straight tries at this, you got to mix it up a little bit. Uh, Neiman is a guy who I think opens up a little more volatility. And when you're a significant underdog, I think that's a really good pick. Again, he could lose four or five matches or he could go out and win you four or five matches. I think Ernie was right there. The other ones, eh, I don't know about well, Day, you probably have to take. He's the biggest name. He's the biggest name player who's not on the team. It's in Australia. And I guess if you're going to go on pure putting stats, Jason Day is the guy that you probably want on your squad. And he has a lot of experience with that. I get that completely. He should have just been on the team through points instead of CT Pan. But Im makes a perfect amount of sense. He's super young. He's like 21 years old. You also have Neiman, who is 21 years old. I like both those picks. But where you're talking about the underdog and looking at the betting odds right now, it's minus 275 U.S., plus 260 internationals. It's 12 12 to 1 for a tie. I mean, I know this is like homerism coming from me, but if you're this big of an underdog, why not take the guy who could be easily the best player there on that week? could be the worst player there. But like, where's Siwoo Kim? Okay, I, I actually uh, I had talked about Siwoo Kim a little bit on some podcasts. I like it. I thought I completely agree. I think you need to open up the range of outcomes, which could ve- which could be you only you lose like twenty five to five. That could be one of the outcomes. But when you have again lost as much as you have when you're the international team, you got to find these guys that if you catch them on the right week and everything goes right, you can actually steal this thing. Otherwise, I mean Adam Scott. If you line up these guys by official World Golf ranking, you get um, eleven of the twelve. U.S. players and then Adam Scott. He's the only guy that beats any one of the U.S. players. They're just such big underdogs. Open this thing up, Ernie. Let's see. Like, let's see what happens. Who cares? This could be chaotic. I'm just glad they didn't take Brennan Grace. That was such a popular, like, oh, he has the experience. He was so great with Louie when you know they, they played in Korea last time. It's like, don't take him. Please don't take him. <laughs> yeah, it's there there were some names being flown. I thought the international team was um a little bit more interesting because because Ernie could have gone a couple of different ways. And I think he went away that I wasn't expecting a little bit. But yeah, there were some names being thrown out there that I was like, oh man, like it's already bad enough. Yeah, you're already you know, what, plus 250, plus 260. Don't don't make it all that much worse. Uh, Grace would have been, I think, really bad. Uh, looking at it right now, you can bet top team score, like for the individual teams. It's, it's really tough to say with the Americans because it really could be anyone, as you kind of yep. pointed out. But for the international team, here are the odds of every player. So you have Adam Scott, 5-1, to one, Hideki, 5-1, to one, Day, plus 650, Louie, plus 650, M, 8-1, to one, Leishman, 8-1, to one, Cam Smith, 9-1, to one, Neiman, 12-1, to one, Hao Tong, 16 to 1, Hadwin 16, Answer 18, CT Pan 40 to 1. Now, a lot of this is going to 
boil down to how often these guys play. Whoever plays exactly. in all the matches is obviously going to have the best chance. We did really well with this stuff at the Ryder Cup last time around, identifying Fleetwood and Molinari as like longer shot guys who could lead their team in scoring. Justin Thomas and Spieth the other way around once we knew we were playing with each other, once we knew that they were going to play with each other. So looking at it now, you're going to have to wait closer to the actual Presence Cup, which is in about three weeks' time. But I'm thinking answer might get some run here and at 18 to one he's won in australia before like if he just wins whatever team event is his first match he might play every leg of this yeah there it really is just gonna matter right if you win your first match out like you might just fire up five straight sessions i think sung jay is it we already know he plays golf constantly <laughs> he's you don't have to rest him he doesn't have to take a morning or an afternoon off play sung jay he's like one of the better players on your team uh play him all five sessions and see what happens like it this almost is just a matter of as most things when we talk about fantasies like opportunity like if you play five matches versus someone who plays three matches i don't have to tell you you're much more likely to score score points but yeah i think that's interesting if you get one of these longer shot guys who like wins their first one or gets a half a point in their first one and they just keep running them out there it could be you can get some pretty decent odds on these guys well let's talk about the course and switch to fantasy golf for the week if formerly the OHL at Mayakoba, now the Mayakoba Golf Classic is from El Camilian, just outside of Cancun by Playa del Carmen. I've drove past this before. I almost went in, Rick, and I was like, you know what? I should probably do some course scouting. That's how I was going to pitch it to my wife, but she did not want me to go play golf by myself on our vacation. Uh, just under 7,000 yards, par 71, so you get three Par fives on the score, 7.2 in the kitty. Matt Kuchar, stiff in his caddy. El Tucan is the defending champion. I've already discussed the Sony Open as the crossover. Kuchar won both these events last year. The year before, Patton Kazire won both those events. Um, Mark Wilson has won both those events in the past. Wow, so that's a name. Yeah, it's, I mean, shorter hitters, ball strikers. That's what you're looking for here. And just yep. looking at, I mean, beyond Sony, if you really want to break it down into like Heritage and Wyndham, those would be like the next two as course crossovers that you could get into. But Sony just very directly correlates very much with this. Even Bryce Garnett has a uh, good good stance at both of them in the past. So ball striking wise, that's just what I'm looking for here. Score on power fours, be able to drive the ball, not driving distance necessarily, but gain no. strokes off the tee. Just be hot with your iron score on those par fours. That's what you need here. Yeah, that's about right. And, you know, when I run my regression model, it's not necessarily what happens each week, but I compare all the PGA Tour stats uh, to each course. And, and the, it, it creates a, a fit of golfers or a type of golfer. And the golfers that tend to find success here are the guys who drive the ball accurately. So you might not have to be accurate off the tee because this is basically a resort course. It's not going to be that penal. But those type of golfers uh, tend to find success here. So that's what you're talking about. Pat kind of ends, ends up being shorter hitters, ball strikers. And then these greens, what past Palum, I believe it is, are like, they've got to keep them under control because it's on the coast. And if the, the wind kicks up, you could lose them. So, um, I, you know, I love playing bad putters all the time, but I especially like it this week if I think it's going to level the playing field a little bit. Did you know that Harris English is only 30 years old? Um, I didn't, but that is kind of crazy. And he was on, he's on my short list of guys that are like super underpriced this week. And he's a past champion here. Yes, he is. I mean, he was my first bet coming out of the gate this week, but just looking back at the past four winners, Kuchar, Kazire, Perez, and Graham McDowell are the past four champions of this course. Uh, Kazire was 31 when he won and he was the youngest by far of those guys. 
Yeah, it's weird. There was a stat, um, I forget who it was, but the PGA Tour.com had it where uh, nine out of the last 12 winners have been over 30, which is kind of rare and an outlier because the swing season usually generates a lot of uh, younger winners, which we haven't seen at this tournament specifically. So yeah, this this kind of fits the mold a little bit with, with a bit more experience. So over $10,000 on DraftKings this week, the betting favorite, the defending champion, he is number one, not going to cash an 80 to one ticket on him this year. Unfortunately, Ricky's down to 18 to one, but he's $11,400. Big Dick Vic, number two, $11,200. Then you got Jason Day at 11,000. No course history here. Finau and Horschel. Those are the five guys above $10,000. Interesting note, Tony Fino has one win in his career at the Puerto Rico Open, also on post-Paslam greens as well. So I I thought that was somewhat interesting. I think that you could fade all of these guys if you wanted to. I don't think that necessarily you have to, and Hovland would be my pick of all of them, but I think if I want to build sort of a more balanced-ish lineup, that I would just pass on all these guys. Uh, I think it's fair. I mean, I'm not, I'm not playing Kucher. I'm not playing Jason day. Uh, I could have made a case for Tony Finau because of the kind of poor run he had in Asia. You get a much better uh, salary on him. If he played well on that Asian swing, he would have been up here probably right below Matt Kucher. Uh, so I think you get a little bit of a discount on, on Tony to buy low. And you mentioned these, these past Palm greens have been a place where he's found success. We've seen him get really hot. He makes a lot of birdies, which you might have to shoot 20 under par here. Yeah, he's probably the guy that I I would play. I I obviously love Victor in every possible way, but uh, the rest of them don't do much for me. Billy Horschel, no chance at 10,200. I'd I'd go no problem if you want to start your lineups in the nines. Uh, I'm just looking back right now. Billy Horschel, 21st at this event last year. I can be talked just because I know no one's going to play Billy Horschel, that maybe that's a key to unlocking something. And I talked about like a balanced lineup. Even if you build a balanced lineup this week, you're leaving money on the table because there's very few high-priced options. And then you yep. really concentrate on that $8,000 range if you want to. Like I could see leaving like 1500 bucks on the table this time around if you didn't want to go up. So maybe you're right about Finau. Vic would be my preference here. You talk about driving accuracy. Guess what he does? Drives the ball in the middle of the fairway. He's so good. He's so good, man. There was like, I follow, uh, he's like a good Instagram follow. Cause he's always like showing his range sessions. I know nothing about the golf swing, but I'm like, Oh man, that looks good. Like everything looks good from this kid. Uh, he's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what, if you've, if you've got early ownership on this might be way too early considering salaries just came out. I don't where do yeah. you think, where do you think this is going? I mean, I, I agree with you. Nobody's going to play Billy Horschel. Uh, I mean, Finau could be pretty popular, but where's it go with the rest of these guys? I don't know. I assume people will use Kucher. I assume they will too, just because he's got the defending. I mean, he's the highest, highest price golfer. He's the defending champion. I mean, I don't really like him. I, one of the things I look at is um, first start of the year, which I think is kind of interesting. It, it shows us if guys, you know, a lot of these guys take multiple weeks off. Do they go and play a lot? Do they sit around and, and does rust accumulate? We've seen Justin Thomas is one of these guys who like first tournament out, he can win it. Uh, Matt Kuchar hasn't been that guy. Like his, his last four years, his best finish is a 31st. He's got a bunch of like, he's got like a 50th, a 60th, a missed cut. Like he's just seems to take him a little bit longer to get into the swing of things, which is something that I like to look at. Um, and this is his first start of the year at a place he might not be too popular. Pat, There might be like a hundred people on the course, but are they going to like heckle and give, 
give future a hard time. Uh, 9K range. It kicks off with Joaquin Neiman at $9,800. Then Charles Howell, Aaron Wise, Russell Knox, Answer, Scotty Scheffler, and Lonto Griffin at $9,000. I think if you're building your lineups, the three most popular guys would be Hovland, Finau, and Neiman. That would be my guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm big in on Neiman. Um, finally coming into his own. Like, there was a time, remember, like, uh, was it two years ago at this point, we were anointing this kid everything everything that he's now turning into, right? He had, like, the best strokes gain numbers. We had all these stats for him. And then he went through that run, and now he's actually kind of playing up to it. Finally gets his first uh, PGA Tour win. And the, the issue with, with Neiman is going to be that volatile putter, and sometimes it can go really bad. But these slow greens usually – mask that a little bit i think this is a really good spot to get him uh answer is somewhat interesting to me coming off a fourth place finish at the wgc but my preferred play in the nine thousand dollar area and i don't think that i have ever said this before i really like charles howell this week wow what is charles charles house ceiling i, I guess think, he's one i think he win. I, I don't think that he necessarily wins this event but i think that he's yeah. definitely on the short like i went to go bet him and I was stunned to see that he was 28 to one. I was like, well, that's probably a bit too short for me. But if we play that Sony crossover, like he's Mr. Sony open. Yeah. And he, he's super solid. I don't think he kills you in any way. Right. Like he's probably now I'll jinx it. Probably not the guy that misses the cut and blows up your lineups. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to find out, I guess, I guess he has won somewhat recently, but his ceiling, I, I thought before that was pretty capped. I, I'd try to talk you off of Abraham answer a little bit. I think you're just paying the price for, him going back to his home country. Uh, like even if you look at his betting odds, which we know the salary kind of, indi- you know, correlates so closely to the betting odds. This guy's been like 60 to one, 60 to one, 100 to one, hundred to one, the last couple of weeks. Um, now he's 30 to one. His, his salary on DraftKings kind of reflects that. And I just think you're probably buying high. Uh, I would tend to agree. Uh, the other guy that I like in the nine Ks, I mean, can you talk me out of my guy, Scotty Scheffler? No. The kid's so good. He's so good. I mean, he's just going to, he's going to win a bunch and he feels uh, as close as ever. What's the last time we saw him? Bermuda, I think. Um, yeah, he, he played Bermuda. I think and he, he was, I think he was, he was like in a T5. It. He was in like that next group after Harry Higgs. Yeah. Um, but, but played, played, played well enough. He's going to put himself in contention week in, week out. Um, no, the kid's an absolute stud. I'll never talk to you off Scotty Scheffler. So that's probably how I'm starting my team. Scotty Scheffler and Charles Howell. Wow. Okay. I, I will be very interested to see, interested to see come Thursday where Charles Howell's ownership ends up here, because I think you might be getting a really safe guy at a pretty good number. Uh, Cause there are other options here. Like, yeah, going up and just getting Neiman or going down and getting uh, like, I still think answer might be pretty popular. People love that narrative. And then yeah, Scotty Scheffler, who I'd plug all the time. But if we're talking nine K's, what about Lanto? The guy's got six starts, six top, t- uh, six top twenties and a win. Um, like, yeah, I don't know. He just seems super solid. Like one of these other guys who is not going to kill you. It's just so funny to see him sandwich. He's $100 cheaper than Scheffler. And then like you get your Griots, your Kisners, your champs. Like I, I just, I don't know if I can pay for him at 9,000 with those names right there. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, this is like one of those weeks where you kind of have to plug your nose and you're going to pay for, uh, you know, pay a much higher price on guys that don't feel comfortable paying that price on. But I mean, I, I am a, okay. I think we know Grio who has had great success here. Great ball striker can't putt, but this is the time to play him. I never play him. I think, I think Grio's great this week, but 
I'm a big Kisner guy, and I'm not even sure I can get to Kisner this week. I mean, Kisner's missed the cut three out of his last four trips here. So I, I can I can start to build a narrative or, or talk myself into skipping on Kisner, maybe trying to be a little bit contrarian with Lanto. I could see that. I, I don't think people are going to own Cameron Champ, who was very much in the mix here last year. He's already won the season at 78. Uh, Grio, I can probably get by, too. So the entire $8,000 range, it kicks off with those guys, Grio, Kisner, Champ, Keegan. Shez Reevy, I find incredibly interesting this week after a really bad run through Asia. So we'll have to talk him through. Danny McCarthy, Danny Lee, Poston, Perez, Fratelli, English. So my favorite plays overall actually fall in this range. I really like Danny Lee. I really like JT posting and i really like harris english yeah so danny lee made that charge last year um on sunday kuchar kind of held him off i think he fell a shot short um but harris english is the guy that i to your point you know you you bet him immediately like i had him start immediately like i kept scrolling down like where is this guy um we just didn't see him in asia so no fault of his own he just hasn't you know played much uh was has been one of the best players on the tour this year he's got a fourth at houston 33rd at safeway seventh at sanderson and third at greenbrier like you cannot ask for much and he is a past champion here i i understand he hasn't done much since that win here at mayakoba but like that that's the guy you're looking for and he's priced to move uh Poston is really interesting to me as well like just kind of scrolling back he won at Wyndham I identified that as sort of a corollary course he was top 10 at the Heritage another sort of corollary course he was 20th at the Sony Open then even back to here last year 21st it just seems like he's progressively gotten better and this is the style of course that he likes it's a bit shorter he's not giving up too much off the tee he's an accurate player he's a really good putter as well I know that that's hard to track but generally speaking he finishes in the positives not the negatives yeah, I, I, I like Poston as well. Uh, 21st, 13th, and a 35th in his last three starts at Mayakoba. So obviously seems to be a course that he can get around on. Uh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on on Revy because it has been a bad run for him. I mean, the Tournament of, cha- or the tournament of Champions, the Tour Championship, uh, I mean, he was awesome. He was awesome down the stretch in the playoffs, and I don't know what's going on recently. So let's let's talk him out. So it's more just the corollary that that goes along with Sony. So if we look back at what Shez Revy has done at this course over the years, Revy has made the cut four of the past four years: twenty fourth, fourteenth, fourth, and seventy. He comes in with a 60th, a 70th, and a 46th, and a miscut 33rd in his past five events. That is not great, and that's the part that worries me. But looking over to Sony, a course that rates out very similarly in terms of distances with your irons and how you have to drive it. We know he's one of the most accurate guys on tour off the tee. Uh, In his, where is he here? Chiz Reavy. There he is. Second, in terms of average tee to green, um, at the Sony Open in 22 rounds, averages almost two strokes per round tee to green. And looking back at the Sony over his past 11 rounds, has gained at least two strokes tee to green. If this is just a comfortable situation for him, no one's going to use him because, look, he, he comes in in really, really poor form. He could be a terrible play. So you don't need to go massively overweight on Chez Revy, but it seems like we're getting a discount because he's been on a bad run, and this is the perfect course for him. Yeah, I, I it's hard to look past that Sony Open correlation. I mean, can you think of another course where they've like multiple people have won both of those events? That seems to be pretty. I, I, I'm trying to rack my brain and think. I can't think of another. Riviera and Wells Fargo. 
Oh, that's a good. I was trying to think Augusta and something else. Augusta, Augusta and Riviera as well. Yeah, that's what I. That's kind of where I was. Going oh, uh, tournament of champions and John Deere. Okay, birdie for birdie fest type situations. Yeah. Okay, that's good. But it's, I mean, it's pretty interesting. You only get a handful of opportunities and we've got a lot of Sony open history because, you know, Wiley is always the host. Uh, we've got decent history here because I think El Chameleon has been the only host of this event. So like th there are some pretty strong indicators that if they are going to be correlated courses, uh, we've got the, we've got history to back it up. So I, I don't mind. I'm a big Revy guy in general. I just wanted to hear your thoughts for this week. And yeah, you're going to get them at a great ownership number. And listen, maybe this is the year that it doesn't work out and that doesn't actually happen. But, you know, he's, he's an older guy, fits the old man narrative, fits the Sony yeah. narrative. So I can probably be talked into that. So of the plays in that range, Harris is my favorite. Poston and Danny Lee would probably be tied for second and then Shez Reevy. I could see not using any of the top end guys, despite the fact that they're the bigger names. Yeah, I'm kind of, uh, man, I never play play Griot and I don't know if I'm just going to be burned this week because he's going to be mega chalk and everyone's going to fire him at 8,900 bucks, but this just feels like the spot to move him. So yeah, English for me, uh, Poston and probably um, Griot are my three. Yeah, Griot has never finished worse than 15th in three starts here. Keegan Bradley has also never finished worse than 15th in two starts. And he's turning around. He's play, He played better in Asia. I don't have it up in front of me here, but um, I was peeking through his numbers. And I thought he has got like a 12th at the Zozo or something like that. He, he's turning into form a little bit more. Um, and this is, hey, he's going to be straight off the tee and he's, and he's, he's going he's gonna to put it in the fairway. Yeah, he was 13th at Zozo, 24th at the WGC over in China. Uh, obviously, no, like, strokes gained from that. Maybe he right. putted the lights out. I would say that's probably not the case, though. Yeah, because he probably would have won, right? I mean, like, <laughs> it's like he's so bad that if he just gains three strokes, he probably wins it. So, yeah, I, I, it, I'm so excited to finally get back to, like, our pure strokes gain data, 144-man fields cut, like, all that good stuff. Uh, let's jump into the 7K range because obviously this is, we're going to have to fill out a lot of your team. Yeah. <sighs> Nothing super sticks out to me. So I'm going to go to Fantasy National and just kind of sort by what the stats tell me. And if I look over the past 24 rounds, the players from this range, my main man, Zing Zhu Zhang, at the very yep. bottom of this range, he's $7,300. Uh, I like him. Uh, Munoz rates out really well, and so does Carlos Ortiz at $7,700. This is a week for me where I'm playing a lot of guys I don't normally play. I don't know if that's good or bad, um, but Harold Varner III is usually not a guy that makes my lineups but pops up for me here. Uh, I don't know if he can win a golf tournament. The last time we saw him in the final group, he shot an 81, but I would probably <laughs> shoot an 81 or much worse if I was playing with Brooks as well. Uh, but very solid. He's got four top 25s in his last five starts, and he's sandwiched a missed cut here in Mexico with a fifth place and a sixth place finish. So he's at least got some top 10 upside here at Mayakoba. Pretty cheap, 7,900 bucks. And uh, we've seen him get a little hot at times. So I, I, I might go to, to Varner here if I'm in a pinch. Another guy with like Reevee-esque, like horribleness in form coming in. Scott Piercy, 7,600 bucks. And he's another one who just kills this course. He kills Sony. He scores on par fours. Bryce Garnett's another one that anytime you get him on uh, this green surface that he just tends to play really well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's some interesting options. I mean, even going back to a guy we mentioned earlier, like Harry Higgs is 75. He 
you know, played awesome. He played awesome in Bermuda and Brendan Todd ran up and stole this thing from him. Like, it's not like he choked it away. He's, he's looking around like what, what happened. Uh, so, so Higgs is pretty interesting, but he's kind of boomer bust. Uh, you're either going to get like a top 20 out of him or he's going to miss the cut. But if that's the type of volatility that you're looking for to win a big G- GPP, I think he's interesting. Cause I imagine not a lot of people are playing him. We're still in that new range of who Harry Higgs even is. That's true. $7,500 might be my favorite value on the board. He could go completely uh, out of control here, but he's 60 to one. I bet him at 60 to one. Uh, he's gained in ball striking his past four events. He fits the old man narrative. He fits being good at the Sony open narrative. And I think that he can do some damage here. Zach Johnson. Wow. When uh, I'm not going to pull up the game logs. How long has it been since Zach Johnson's had a top 25? Oh, it's probably been over a year tell you the truth <laughs> oh no it was like three years oh, no, ago time no, of, it was yeah for 14 t14 is anderson farms <laughs> but yeah it's been one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve eleven of his past twelve events he's gained off the tee and okay. eight eight of his past 11 events he's gained through approach he's been abysmal around the greens but that's not yep. really going to come into play here at all doesn't matter and if you look at his like sony open finishes yes he missed the cut last year but a lot of that was due to a poor driving performance which we don't expect before that 14th 6th 9th 64th 8th missed cut and if we look at him at this event he's played it twice he missed the cut last year in the middle of his bad run 23rd yep. another time he's only 7500 bucks and it does seem like if he just gets a hot putting week all of a sudden it's just flipped all around I will say, I don't know how I, how I can best explain this, but there's like different ways to be bad. So like you can be bad and like everything's going wrong. And one week you putt poorly and one week you're spraying it off the tee. You mentioned it. He's, he's consistently gaining off the tee. He's only killing you in certain aspects. One, we don't care about around, around the green because if you're using it, you're dead here. Um, so I do like guys that if they are playing poorly in one area of their game, if you fix that, it's kind of a, something that's able to turn the tide as opposed to someone who's just you know week in, week out. We have no idea what, what's going wrong. Uh, other guys that I looked into, so Zach Johnson and Zhang, those are going to be my guys. I really gave a hard look to both Russell Henley and Kyle Stanley, and just, mm-hmm. I, I just for whatever reason, I can't pull the trigger on them. No, um, I, I'm a sucker for Russell Henley, so there's like I try to get there on him a lot of the time, um, but I, I, I couldn't get there this week. The guy that I'm kind of sitting here wondering, and uh, if I'm a, if I'm a crazy person, is is Brendan Todd, who now has a win and uh, I think a tie for 22nd in Houston or 28th in Houston. So, I mean, he's been playing well. He's literally just shot the round of his career, which I guess is not something that I necessarily want to buy high on and assume that he's going to back it up. But $7,200, you're starting to get to the point where you're not asking these guys to do all that much. You're asking them to make the cut, make a couple of birdies, uh, keep you in this thing and just don't sink your lineups. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, do you think he's going to be popular coming off the winter or just no one paid attention no. to that? Yeah, this is, it was an alternate field event. And this is like, um, it's those weeks that these random guys pop up and win, like Lashley, um, like they just like randomly, hey, I've never heard of this guy. They go out and win a golf tournament. It is like they don't exist in DFS. The next week, they'll be 5%, especially because Brendan Todd was in the alternate field event. No, I bet you half the field doesn't even know he played that event. Hmm, that's interesting. I think if I'm down here, I'd look to Brian Stewart. 
uh, who has another good correlation between this course and the Sony Open, and even my guy, Mark Hubba Hubbard. I was I was waiting to get there. Yeah, I mean, there's our uh, Stewart. Stewart is one I had a little check mark against because he's he's that driving accuracy type player. But yeah, I knew we were going to get to to Hubba Hubbard sooner or later. He's great. Like the guy keeps coming through for us. Why not? He's seven K. Yeah, I mean, I've I ever since we chatted, whatever that was, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, like I've played him a little bit and like I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of liking it, Pat. Like I could be a part of this. All right. All right. So if we go into the six K's and maybe you don't need to this week based on how the pricing goes, there is one name who I actually bet at 225 to one uh, was T3 at the Sony open last year was injured, but returned on the European tour a few weeks ago uh, in France at that shorter driving accuracy type course, a historically a very good ball striker. Hudson Swafford is just no one. No one's talking about Hudson Swafford these days. No, Hudson Swafford, I mean, in, in terms of long-term form, I guess you would probably have to go back pretty far. He, at one point, had, like, the longest cuts made streak. Then he won that career builder, and, like, his career changed in a bad way. Like, he, he got bad. But I, I, it looks like he's starting to come back, and he was dealing with a little bit of, of injuries. That's that's not too bad. What would you say his price was? $6,300. Oh, my God. I hadn't scrolled down there yet. That's why I couldn't find him. Okay. Uh, I don't mind that all that bit, all that much you get. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you have to get here, but that's a really, you can do literally anything in your lineup. You plug him in. Uh, and I like when we talk about like quality of player, like you can go down here, like Adam long is $6,600, a very good iron player. He can play well here. Chris Kirk coming back uh, after taking an extended break from the PGA tour, but he's $6,400. He's the sort of player that you would think that would, yeah, at least skill set wise, that would play really well here. Yeah. Just looking at it right now. Yeah. Third at the Sony open 65th of the desert classic. And basically Hudson Swafford missed the cut out until he finally gave up on the year at the Canadian open. Uh, but he still holds his stat because of that win and he was t21 in france which is the sort of course where i mean if they had taken if the u.s team had just picked their Ryder cup team from guys that play well at heritage and sony and this course for that Ryder cup they probably would have done pretty well yeah that's that's probably true um i, I like that i could probably get on board with it i'm i'm kind of surprised to see our buddy joel damon all the way down here at 6800 i know it hasn't been a good run for him but uh, i feel like his salary has literally just dropped like a rock and and now you get him at 68 which i mean there's some guys down here that i would never even consider playing um it's pretty ugly i'd i'd probably think of swafford adam long i like he doesn't always you know he's not going to rack up top 25 necessarily but he seems to make a lot of cuts and we know we had that win uh last year i guess it was but it's it's kind of an ugly range down here duffner duffner was like had like the low round of the week last year here yeah, and then Duffner like will miss eight consecutive one foot putts. Dude, it looks like it pain like it, it looks like it physically pains him to hit like a two foot putt. Like physically, his body cannot do. It's like when I hit two foot putts. What about someone? Maybe Austin Cook more for next week. Yeah, do you know who actually has the most strokes tee to green per average at the Sony Open of any player? Oh no, who Keith, Keith Mitchell. Is that his green? What's his? I always forget if his green is bent or Bermuda. It's Bermuda. He's awful on okay. everything else. Right. Okay. Wow. Keith Mitchell. How many times has he played it? Do you have it up there? Uh, overall rounds. Now I got to go look this up. Sorry. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for nothing. You couldn't just. <laughs> you couldn't just agreed with I'll me just, and been on my way. 
I'll Let's just see. vamp. Keith Mitchell, I like his flat brim. Um, seems like a nice guy. Uh, here you we know. go. Here okay. we go. Uh, he has played eight rounds at the Sony Open. He is averaging one point. 1.9 strokes tee to green, but only 1.2 ball striking. So off the tee and approach combined. The funny thing about Reeve is he's averaging 1.8 strokes tee to green per round, but 1.9 ball striking. So we just, we know he's terrible around the greens, but it's just funny to see that articulated through the numbers. Yeah. Wow. And there does, um, I don't know how many guys there are down here. It feels like a ton, like half the field is under $7,000. There's like 50 guys here. Yeah. So if we go back to that list, the per rounds, like Munoz only has four rounds. He's fifth, 1.3 strokes T to green, but only 0.4 ball striking. Uh, the best at the Sony Open per round T to green. Mitchell, Reavy, Chris Kirk, Rory Sabatini, Munoz, Piercy, Zach Blair, Zach Johnson, C, woo, Kim, Adam Long, Matt Kuchar, Charles Howell, and Austin Cook, Hudson Swafford. Wow. Okay, there's well, if you if you like that correlation, there are a ton of value plays down here for you. Or you could go back to what's Robbie Shelton been up to? Oh, he's missed a couple of cuts in a row. Yeah, he's cooled off quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I could, I'd fire, dude, I'd fire up Chris Kirk. I don't know. I mean, I know we haven't seen him in a while, but if Sony's going to correlate, uh, like he's he can get hot. He can. He's coming off. I mean, he opened up about his uh, addiction battle with alcohol yeah. and he took like six months off and now he's back. So maybe he's he's juvenated. He's ready to go here for the new season. Yeah, maybe that's all he needed was uh, to get right and, and get back out there. But th this this type of course should suit up for him. Um, and quite frankly, when you're looking down here with uh, Michael Kim and some of these other guys that are in this six thousand dollar range, it's pretty ugly. What about President's Cup Hall of Famer, C.T. Pan? He's like 6400 bucks. Oh, God. Uh, no. How about... Uh, but before, you say, before you say no to Pan, I think that he actually has something to prove here to come in, going into the President's Cup, but his two best performances on tour are the tertiary corollary courses. He won Heritage, and he was second at Wyndham. What about, if that's the case, uh, we have to talk about your man Kadira, don't we? We do have to talk about Satoshi. I don't know if I can. I think I'd rather take Pan. He was 16. I, you definitely rather take too. Pan because Pan has played a lot better recently. I mean, he were, earned his way onto the President's Cup team. He's 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 in much better form. I, I would it, I would play Pan a thousand times out of a thousand over Kanata. It just seems like a lot of the guys that we're bringing up, whether it be Stewart, Zach Johnson, Matt Kuchar, and even talking about the players that have done really well here in the past. Like, where's Ryan Moore? Because this does seem like a wedge fest. There was a couple of, um, oh man, who else was I looking for? Uh, well, I think Fowler was in the, Fowler committed to this field and then he withdrew, but, um, yeah, there was, there were some guys I shot. I was shocked were not here. This feels like the perfect opportunity to, you had either, either if you were coming back from Asia to get an extra week, go down to Mexico, or just like play this before like the, the break before, you know, January, like this feels like an opportunity for a lot of guys to come out and get FedEx cup points, which is how Kucher kickstarted his season last year. And then he backed it up with a win in January. Like this, this is a perfect like FedEx cup event to just go out and, and, and squash. So Here's an interesting thing. So just based on the guys that we talked about, I said it's like it's a wedge fest. If I just sort by proximity, 125 to 150 yards, because that's we don't have the stats on it, but doesn't that feel like where the majority of approaches are going to be coming from here? That sounds about right. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> so over the past 36 rounds, here are your leaders and proximities gained from 125 to 150. Andrew Landry, Adam Long, Charlie Hoffman, C.T. Pan, Joel Damon, Henley, Tringali, who was a favorite of mine like a month ago. I just forgot about it. Yep. 
Stanley, Victor Hovland, Fabian Gomez, Vaughn Taylor. Then you got Steele, Campos, Hoagie, Armour, Zach Johnson, Keegan Bradley. Tr- uh, Tringale is interesting. So I was looking for his price here. $7,400. Uh, he's, he's been a top 20 machine for a long time. He's got two in his last four starts, 16th at Sanderson, 13th at Houston. He's played here like five times. Nothing too special, but he's made the cut in his last two starts. Uh, another guy where that around the green game is his weak spot. But again, 20 under par, if you're battling to get up and down, you're probably not getting to 20 under. Yeah, I don't know what to make of him, to tell you the truth. Like, should, do you think we should reinvest in one Mr. Cameron Tringali? Man, I don't know, because that uh, it's that $7,500 range where if you like, I guess you could take multiple of these guys, but if you like Zach Johnson, if you like Harry Higgs, which I kind of like, I mean, Zhang is there too. It's kind of like a plethora of riches for value. So um, I don't know if you could, how many of these guys you could put into your lineup, but I'll, I'll, I'll get access to him and, and somebody else to, to open up the top of the board. I feel like we may have underrated Cameron champ. Now that I'm looking back at it. Uh, well, he has to, he still has to putt, right? Yeah. But sometimes he does that. <laughs> sometimes he does. All right. So let's see tie for 23rd in Houston, missed the cut after he won, which is fine. I don't care about that whatsoever. Um, oh man. I mean, these, some of his off the tee numbers are kind of wild. <laughs> yeah. He, he's going to gain strokes off the tee always. God. He, yeah. It's, 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 like, it's sort of uh, like doc Redmond. Doc Redmond always gains strokes off the tee. Yeah. It's, it's no matter. I don't know. I mean, would you rather play Kisner or cam champ? <sighs> Probably cam champ. I think this week I would. I don't. I I don't like Kisner this week. I think this week I would. Would not Cam Champ or Ches Reeby? I'd probably gamble on Reeby. I think I would too. Yeah, I don't know if it's just maybe there's other guys I like around him more. Uh, I mean, eighty seven is a pretty good number though. Yeah, it, it seems low for a guy that's going to make as many birdies as he is going to make it, over the past. Let's. What, what do you think a good range here? Would you rather go twenty four rounds or thirty six rounds? Twenty four. 36 could have been who knows what was going on. Yeah, that's Plus true. 24, I know you. I, prob- I probably get his win in the last – I definitely get his win in the last 24. Yeah, that, that, that's going to be true. Uh, once <laughs> this loads here, I'm going to tell you, because par four scoring is like the shorter par fours. I mean, there's a couple long ones here, but I think this really plays out well. So here's your top 15 in terms of par four scoring over the past 24 rounds. And this is devoid of shot link because this is calculated right. stats. So the WGCs and everything are in here. Hovland, Scheffler, English, Lonto, Horschel. McCarthy, Neiman, Garnett. I'm playing Garnett. I'm in. Poston, Stewart, Higgs, Tringali, Landry, Harmon, Cam Percy. Remember when Harmon was like really good and then everyone used him and he sucked and he hasn't been heard from since? Yeah, Harmon was like $10,000 in some tournaments. And I was like, gotta pay it. Gotta pay it. It's got the lefty narrative. Phil's done well here before. Bubba's done well here before. Like, yeah, I remember that. I have nightmares about that. Good Sony player. Terrible at this course for whatever reason. Hmm. Just doesn't have it. Maybe it's uh weird weird stances for those guys. I mean that's that list is pretty strong though. And it's a lot of guys we kind of we kind of considered. I'm oh man, I'm gonna get talked into like Billy Horschel at some point. I know it when I start like get when we start getting into like 20 and 50 lineups and I just know he's sitting there with nobody playing him and you rattle off every stat and his name's in the top 15. I'm like getting nervous about it now. Uh top 10 in strokes gained off the tee, a mix of long hitters and short hitters. Champ, Hovland, Vegas, Redmond, Harris English. Harris English is popping so much in every category. He's gonna be like 50% owned. He's gonna come dead last. Just watch. Uh Scheffler, Finau, Shelton. Answer 
Garnett, Duffner, Danny Lee. Oh, and guys who have played well here. Danny Lee, you're in on Danny Lee this week, right? Oh, yeah, I bet Danny Lee at 50 to 1. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, you are in on him. Um, I like that. He's he, And he played well a couple weeks ago, I think. He did, yeah. He, he popped up in the Asian swing. He has three top 10s in his past five starts at this course. I like Danny Lee. Wow. Okay. Isn't there only like 124 guys in this field? This isn't a full field event, right? I think it's 144. Is it? I think. Maybe uh, not. No, you might be right. Maybe not. You Let's see. Right. No, yeah, there's 144. Or yeah, 100, yeah, right. There's either 134 or 144. <laughs> or 124 or 114. <laughs> I, I don't think there is 134 as an event, so I'm going to say it's 144. I think it is too, yeah. <laughs> uh, poor, poor Johnny. Uh-huh. He is 125th in ball striking coming into the week over the past 24 rounds. Former winner of this event. Yeah, there's some names here. Um, shout Oh, man, I was going to shout out Michael Kim for making the cut at the CJ Cup, but it was a no cut. He finished in a tie for 69th, which I don't think was last. Yeah, because uh, what's his face withdrew? Brooks withdrew. Oh, crap, man. So he really did just finish last in an event that was a no cut event. Yeah, he was actually last in odds, too, behind all the Korean tour players. Oh, my God. It, it, I, that that to me like we need a 30 for 30 on the hudson swafford making every cut winning and then falling off the face of the earth and then michael kim like missing every single cut winning and then like never making another cut ever again. blows my mind and he had statistically the best tournament of the year like he waxed everyone like he waxed molinari who came second and while molinari won the british open the next week what do you think is like going through his brain like he knows this isn't right. Like he knows how he's been playing and all of a sudden he just runs away with a PGA tour event. Like, is he just like, like, remember, like remember every swing thought, like the guy had to have been having an out of body experience. Yeah. I don't get it. I I, I don't get what happened at all. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. That's Uh, crazy. Last one, the fantasy national stat opportunities gain, which is a, a putt for birdie from the green or the fringe 15 feet and under right now over the past 24 rounds, your leaders and opportunities gained Hovland, Vegas, Grio, Stewart, Davis, love the third Neiman, Sabatini, Reavy, Burgoon, Swafford, Stanley, Armour, Piercy, Redmond, Long, Zach Johnson. We didn't really even touch on Ryan Armour all that much, but this seems like a really Ryan Armoury course. It does seem like a really Ryan Armory course. And the name that you mentioned a couple times as you were going through those lists was because I'm kind of biased towards him is uh, Johnny Vegas. I like Johnny Vegas. He gained a lot of opportunities. He's really good off the tee. It's like 6,600 bucks. But yeah, those those two guys we didn't even really touch on. Let's let's throw Ryan Armour into the bucket. He was eighth in Bermuda, 23rd at Houston. He's made the cut the last two years here. He's an excellent wedge player. So let's yes. let's throw him in. I don't think he's very expensive at all. He can't be. He is $7,200. That's fair. He's so, right there with uh, Doc Redman, Brendan Todd, Charlie Hoffman. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so Armour, Stewart, Hubbard, probably from that bottom end, and Zhang, obviously, because Zhang rules. Yeah, he does. Um, I've been playing him nonstop. Like, you talk about like sneaky guys who are having really good starts to the swing season. It's like Zhang, uh, Lonto. I mean, Hadwin was doing well for a while, but he hasn't played as many as many events as the rest of these guys. Some of these guys are having really great starts to the year, and uh, there's what two more two more weeks left for them to finish this off. I like those guys. Yeah. So let's talk about some bets for the week before we get cool. out of here. Let's do it. I've made some already. I usually try to wait, but I got so excited. Like, what I was so burnt out of golf. I really hate those Asian events like a lot. 
Like, yeah, they're not fun. Like, I stopped basically playing DraftKings. I stopped betting them. Like, I bet I had Why? one. Cause I hate no cut events for one thing. There's no oh, okay. stats to go on. Like yeah. I like waking up Thursday morning and kind of following golf all day. Like it happens when I'm not awake. That's not fun. Yeah. It's, I guess I'm three hours behind you, but it like, it turns into like primetime golf at night, which is kind of cool. But I, I agree. I, the lack of shot link, I, I'm just like, I shrug my shoulders constantly and I don't know what to do. But other than that, I think it's all great. No one yells um, mashed potatoes over there. I suppose that's true. It's really the no cut that gets me. Like I hate playing WGCs in general on DraftKings. Like I, I'm not good at no cut events for one thing. I think the anyone who I mean you're not. That's not to say like I know Bergerson's had some really nice runs at FantasyGolfInsiders.com over the years uh, at some of these no cut events. But like I I prefer I think like. I'm not great at this, but my biggest skill is finding guys who can get through the cut at cheap prices. And that's just irrelevant at those sort of events. Yeah. And I think it, it really does. Um, I don't know even know how to say this, but like, like, yeah, getting guys through the cut is a skill set. Uh, but you know, if you're just always, if everyone's getting six of six through, you're just trying to avoid the withdrawal, trying to avoid the DQ and trying to avoid the guy that like, gets like there was a week where rose was like dead last after two rounds and then he went out and shot the two best rounds of the day and like finished in second like i kind of hate that stuff but uh yeah okay i'm, I'm on board with you. I'd, I'd much prefer cut events over no cut okay so here's the five for this week you ready okay. yeah well it's actually six because siwoo was on that list because i beat bet siwoo luke list off the list just siwoo i was gonna say we almost went the entire show without mentioning his name no i'm not there he does have a top 10 at this event three years ago when he was good, and he played well at the Shriners a couple weeks ago. But where I'm, yeah, I'm off that train. He, he chipped in like four times in one round. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so don't let that fool you. So that's awesome. Harris English, Danny Lee, yep. both fifty to one. I played all of these with the top five each way. So those are my highest odds, guys. Uh, Zingzu Zhang, eighty to one. Zach Johnson, eighty to one. Hudson Swafford, two hundred and twenty-five to one, or my five this week. Wow. Okay. I mean, so you're living down there in those in those long shots. You that's your that's not normally what you do, is it? Yeah. I mean, I, I try to stick between twenty and forty. Yeah. And like Got with it. with this room, like I if I really want to bet Victor Hovland at twenty to one, I can. You can still go do it. Yeah. But maybe I should. He's gonna win soon, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's. I think he's gonna win, and then he's gonna just win a bunch. Like he's just gonna win everything. He's gonna the go. Guy, like, the kid's so good. He's. Do you know John Rom turned twenty five years old today? I saw that, and they were they had it on Morning Drive, and they were like comparing the guys, and I was like, holy crap! That was like I that was like the same uh like uh, reaction I had when I found out how old Hideki was. I don't know when it was, but it was like, oh yeah, Hideki's like twenty two. I'm like, no, like that's impossible. This he's so good. Yeah, it's nuts. It really feels like people give Rom a ton of shit all the time for like not being better than he is. He's 25 in the past three years. He has eight wins. Yeah, he's a legit stud. But okay. Anyway, on my bets, uh, I also did get on on Harris English at 50. Uh, and then I bet Neiman at 25. He was the the shortest guy that I got to. I just think so much upside there. And, uh, I liked that number a little bit too much. And then I went down and, uh, I just bet a top five on, on Harold Varner, the third, those are the ones I have in now. And then I'll kind of, you know, see where the rest of it takes me. Where's Ronald? Ryan Armour's 90 to one to win. Damn it. I was hoping to be like 200 to one. Yeah. It doesn't even almost doesn't even seem long enough. <laughs> Bryce Garnett is 66 to one. I, I forgot this is a bad field. Yeah. It's super bad. Uh, let's see. 
Yeah, there's no one real. I, I guess the only guy who's kind of fun from the very bottom, just because he kept popping up on all those lists we talked about, is Landry at 250 to 1. Maybe I'll just bet him first round leader. He loves he loves a first round leader run. There was, I haven't updated this stat in a while, but he was like, um, he was like one of the best possible first round leader bets you could make because he, he had more, a higher percentage of having like, a single round as the best round of the tournament than almost like any other player. He was also like had the highest uh, percentage of like worst round of the day, but like he was one of those guys that was perfect for first round leaders. Yeah. So I guess if he's 200, 250 to one to win the tournament, I guess he's like 150 to 125 to one as first round leader. I'll have my entire betting cheat sheet up on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash the PME on Wednesday. Cause those bets aren't available yet. So it's hard to make them when you don't know what the odds are and don't have access to them. Yeah, that it helps to know what you're betting. <laughs> yes. I, I like the groups. I wait for the groups to come out. Yeah, I almost won one of those whenever Lonto won, whatever week that was. I missed it. I had a four four leg group parlay and I was three for four. I, why I didn't oh, like round no, robin. It, it paid so much money too. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. that's how every bet goes. You're, you're that close and then, then you lose. Right. That's awesome. All right, Rick, tell everyone about the podcast schedule, the videos, and where they can follow you. Yeah, so now we're kind of back on track. So uh, usually, you know, Monday's like DFS, Tuesday's betting, Wednesday's usually uh, some other type of preview, but it's the Rick Rungood YouTube channel, uh, DFSOnDemand.com, and the DFS On Demand podcast. All right, I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at the PME. My cheat sheet for DraftKings will be up on DKPlaybook.com on Tuesday afternoon. Betting cheat sheet on my Facebook page. Wednesday afternoon, and I told you about the draw, so give a quick smash to the like before you get out of here and download that podcast and become a subscriber and leave a review if you want to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks. That'll do it for me. Enjoy the golf this week. Good luck. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!